a little bit, uh, going into a new year. And I know it's already been said before, but I'll ask it again. How many of you wish that you would never see 2020 again? 2020 has been uh, the most crazy year I think I have ever experienced in my life. Now, some of you may be a, a tad bit older than I am, and maybe you can remember a year where there was just all the craziness and everything going on. But when I look back at 2020, I see a lot of things happening. I see a global pandemic. I see social unrest. I see racial injustice. I see political division like I've never seen in the history of the world. For the first time ever in my lifetime, I saw churches literally shut down, not being able to meet, not being able to assemble. So I'm looking at all of these things that are taking place and have taken place in 2020. But yet, I don't want to paint that picture of doom and gloom because through all of that, we've also seen the faithfulness of God. We've seen God's hand. We've seen God move and, and, and kind of like that thread of redemption, if you will, that flows from Genesis to Revelation. It, it flows through our lives day in and day out. But we're coming into a new year, kind of a new year, new you, if you will. And anytime you come into a new year, if you're like me, one of the things that we do is we spend a lot of time in prayer saying, okay, God, uh, 2020. Not so great. So, so what does 2021 hold for, for us, for as a church, for as individuals? And so for this year, one of the key words that we feel like God has given us for this church is the word build. Build. Come on, turn to somebody and say build. Come on, if you build it, they will come. Amen. So it's the word build. And I begin to think about that word and think about, you know, what does that word mean for our lives, for our families, for our community, for our schools, for our jobs, for us as a church? What does that mean, build? Because here's what I know, and that is that God is a builder. And God has promised to give us the tools that we need to build a life of impact. Come on, look at somebody and say, you're destined for impact. You're destined for impact. I don't care what people have said about you. I don't care what society has said about you. I don't even care what you have said about you. You are destined for impact. And in order for us to really impact the lives of individuals around us, it's all kind of have to be uh, centered around Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 talks about this foundation that we need to build our lives on. It's, as a matter of fact, it says there's, there's no other foundation. It's the foundation of Jesus Christ. That is the foundation we build our lives on. And when you build your life on Jesus Christ, and you understand that He wants to do something significant in and through your life. And one of the ways He does that is through a dream. Come on, how many of you have got a dream for your life, for your family, for your community, for the church? It starts with a dream. And so with that, I want us to look at the book of Nehemiah today. Nehemiah. Turn to Nehemiah. If you have your Bibles turned there, you can certainly click there if you've got a mobile device. It'll be on the screen for you as well. But as you're finding Nehemiah, I want to give you a little context uh, for Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a Jew born into captivity in Persia. 
And what really took place was when the people of God stepped into the promised land. When they stepped into the promises of God, like so many, they forgot God. They began to sin repeatedly. They began to worship other gods. They started following pagan practices. And as a result, God brought judgment. And Jerusalem was destroyed along with God's temple. And so a lot of the people in that time were either killed or they were carried off into captivity. And so the story of Nehemiah really takes place within the context of captivity. And so Jerusalem has been destroyed for over a hundred years prior to now. And all of a sudden, Nehemiah is birthed on the scene. Nehemiah is born. He grows up in a palace in Persia serving a pagan king. And in the midst of all of that, God begins to birth a dream inside of him. And really, that's my desire for you today is, is to stir your hearts to dreaming again. And not just dreaming, but I want you to dream God-sized dreams. I want you to have a vision and a dream for your life for 2021 that's so big that you understand that you're not able to accomplish it without God. Because I believe God is going to stretch us this year. I believe He wants us to seek Him and to believe Him and to dream for great and mighty things so that He could do something amazing in and through our lives. So Nehemiah chapter 1. Are you there yet? Say amen. amen. All right. Nehemiah chapter 1. How many of you guys are watching the screen? I just, just, anyway, you're there. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Nehemiah said, they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. Watch this. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, watch what Nehemiah said. I sat down and wept. I sat down and wept. When I heard what was happening in Jerusalem, the walls, the gates, it captured my heart. I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Father, thank you so much again for the opportunity to be here today. Lord, speak into our hearts and help us to hear from you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. I want to talk to you for a few moments on what a God-sized dream looks like. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write some things down here. The first thing is this, a God-sized dream, you need to understand, it is birthed with passion. It's birthed with passion. The scripture says that Nehemiah heard about the city of Jerusalem, the walls, the gates, and as a result of all of that, he broke down and wept. And I believe with all of my heart that God wants us to cry for our cities, our towns, our communities. God wants us to cry for our schools, our individuals, our churches. And, and I don't know about you, but for the past few weeks now, man, I've been crying out to God for Smithfield, for the surrounding communities, for Johnston County. And my prayer has just simply been this. God, I want you to push back the darkness in this area. God, push back the darkness. Lord, let your light shine in in this community, in this area. God, I'm praying that there will not be one child that goes hungry in this area in 2021. I'm praying, God, that there will be not one child that will be abused in 2021 in this area. God, I'm praying for our schools. I'm praying for our teachers. I'm praying there is a burden in my heart. And I believe that God wants to place a burden in the hearts of those for the area of which you live. 
Scripture says when Nehemiah heard what was happening to the city, his heart was captured with a burden. Do you understand that God uses people just like you and just like me to change cities and towns and regions and communities? Listen, God doesn't necessarily use the government, okay? Amen. Nothing wrong with our government officials, but here's one I want you to understand. God has not anointed the government to bring about change. God has anointed you and me, people just like us, to change cities, towns, regions, nations, and to influence the world. And that dream always starts with a passion. God will place a passion in your hearts in the form of a burden. Nehemiah carried a burden, watch this, for a people he had never seen and a city he had never been to. And yet the Bible says that he broke down and he wept. Here's what I've learned about ministry in my life is that sometimes your best ministry will come out of your deepest pain. How many of you have ever been hurt before? You've ever been hurt. You've ever been discouraged. You've ever been looked down upon. You've ever been spoke down to. Some of you are in this church today because you were walking through some of the most difficult times in your life. And I know people who have come into this place who were bound by drugs, who were bound by alcohol. And yet the power of God came in and set them free. And the pain that was supposed to destroy them has become their God-given purpose. Because how many of you know God specializes in turning your pain into purpose? He specializes in doing that. And some of you have been awakened to the fact that the pain that you've had to endure, that God is going to use your pain to produce hope for somebody else's future. Why? Because God never wastes a hurt. He never wastes a hurt. That that dark moment you had to walk through, that valley you walked through, that circumstance you had to go through, God never wastes those moments. He uses them to produce hope for someone else and He uses them to increase your faith and to strengthen you. So God's dreams start with a passion. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a passion inside of you today? There's something burning in your heart Is there something that stirs you? Because you understand that men and women who do something great for the kingdom of God, it has little to do with their level of education. It has little to do with how much or how little money they have. It has little to do with their gift mix, but it has everything to do with the passion inside of them. And I begin to think about Jesus and the passion that he had for God's house. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I really don't like a lot of the pictures that they have of Jesus. Come on, how many of you old pale Jesus? You know, it looks anemic looking. You know, that, that, that picture just doesn't, it isn't an accurate picture. Because when I look in John chapter 2, the scripture says that Jesus drove out the money changers with a whip. <laughs> Come on, somebody. In that moment, that day, Jesus walks into the temple and he throws a temple tantrum. Kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. You know what I mean? He's throwing, he's throwing money changers out. He's knocking over tables. And in that moment, the disciples in John 2.17 says that they remembered the scripture that passion for God's house will consume me. Are we men and women with passion? Are we here filled with passion or are we here filled with hype? You understand there's a difference there. Hype is all about the external. It's it's externally motivated. But what do you do when the feelings are gone? 
And you understand you can't live by emotions. Passion is not externally motivated. Passion is fueled and sustained from within. It's like a fire in your belly, if you will. And you're not going to find it in a pill. You're not going to find it in a bottle. You're not going to find it on the shelf. But it is a river of the Holy Spirit that will well up inside of you. And I pray that when you come in here, you sense that. Because when you go out there, guess what? You're going to need that. And the passion in you wants to speak to the emptiness around you. God wants to build something great in your life. And it starts with passion. Nehemiah heard what was happening in Jerusalem and how the walls had been torn down and the gates had been burned. He began to weep. Let me ask you a question. What is it that you cry about? What is it that keeps you up at night? What is it that frustrates you? Because sometimes ministry is birthed out of a divine discontent. Something bothers you. That may be an indication that God is talking to you, putting something in you to bring about a solution to a problem that's in front of you. Scripture said, Nehemiah broke down and wept. There was a passion there. But then watch this, verse 5 and 6. Nehemiah said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps His covenant of unfailing love with those whom love Him and obey His commandments. Look at this right here. Listen to my prayer. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for the people of Israel. A dream, that God-sized dream. It starts with passion, but here's the second thing you need to know. It is built by prayer. It's built by prayer. Dreams are birthed in passion, and that's great, but they're built by prayer. Nehemiah hears about what's going on in Jerusalem. He's gripped with a bird, and there's a passion in him, but then he begins to pray. And the reason why prayer is so important is because when you get a dream in your heart, and you get that passion in you, the dreams are going to be met with resistance. See, it's easy to get excited about passion. Amen. You come in here and it's easy to be passionate about something. It's easy to shout and scream. But when you go out there, you're going to run into discouragement. You're going to run into criticism. You're going to run into the naysayers and all of these things that are going to try to tear your dream down. But through prayer, your dreams will build up. And it's interesting because the more time you spend in the presence of God, the bigger your dreams become. So if that's true, the bigger my dreams become, then the more time I need to spend in the presence of God. See, if you can achieve your dream all by yourself, then you don't need need God. But Nehemiah knew something. He said, man, there's an entire city. There is a people that need help. This thing is too big for me, Lord. I cannot do it on my own. I need your help. And hear me, in 2021, I believe is a year that you cannot do on your own. You're going to need the help of God Almighty. This is a year where I believe God has given us as a church so many dreams and and such a big vision that we're not going to be able to do it on our own. We're going to need the help of God Almighty. So Nehemiah gets news. God gives him a burden. Dreams start with passion. But in order to fuel and sustain that passion, it takes prayer. But then watch this. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, early the following spring in the month of Nisan. Turn to somebody and say, that's not a car. (laughs) Come on, amen. That's not a car. 
The Hebrew calendar, that's actually April or May. So Nehemiah gets news about Jerusalem in December, but it's not until April or May before he starts talking about it. It says, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Dreams start with passion. These God dreams, but in order to sustain them, they're built by prayer. Here's the third thing. They're developed with patience. Come on, they're developed with patience. It's easy to shout when it comes to passion, but when you start talking about patience, things kind of slow down a little bit. Have you ever noticed that? It's interesting how Nehemiah waited four to five months before he even spoke to the king about this matter. And what that tells me is that sometimes God has to do something in you before he can do something through you. See, it's great to have a dream. It's great to have a passion. Great to have a vision. But the Bible says the vision is for an appointed time. you got to find the timing of God on that thing. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's for now. It might mean that God's trying to develop something in your heart. He's trying to prepare you for what's next. And I believe that for some of you, you're compelled, you, you're passionate, you've got a vision for your life, but you're frustrated because you don't see God moving as fast as you think He ought to move. Can I tell you what God is doing? God's got you in the crock pot. Come on, anybody ever cook with a crock pot? See, sometimes for us, Sunday is a very busy day. So oftentimes, Misty will take a crock pot. She'll put a roast in that thing. She'll cut up some carrots and some onions and some potatoes and turn that thing on low. And when we get home from church, we walk in. I mean, it's it's, it's the aroma in the house. Come on, somebody. It's the crock pot. But oftentimes in life, we want to be like the microwave. Come on, how many of you remember those TV dinners? Come on, a little Salisbury steak. Come on, your mama ever get you some of that Salisbury steak, them potatoes and peas, old block of ice? You know, come on, just, just pop it in the microwave. Two minutes, bon appetit. Amen. You know, that's your meal. And unfortunately, a lot of times in life, that's what we want it to be like. We want our dreams. We want our destiny to be like a microwave. But hear me today. Your destiny is not a TV dinner. Come on, that's a textable, tweetable, Facebook moment right there. Your destiny is not a TV dinner. God's got you in the prop pot. And you say, well, I don't understand. A lot of times in life, we're trying to jump out of this and into this. But you need to understand God's working something in you before he can do something through you. And you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Turn to somebody and say, you're in the crock pot. So dreams, they start with passion. They're built by prayer. And it's going to take some patience to get the timing of God on that thing. But listen to me. If you wait on God, your suddenly is right around the corner. See, in the book of Nehemiah, the scripture says that the city of Jerusalem had been in ruin for 160 years. Nehemiah waited four to five months before he said anything to the king, but in just 52 days. God used Nehemiah and a handful of people to do what nobody else could do. What man could not accomplish in 160 years, God did it through Nehemiah in 52 days. 
If you want your suddenly, you got to be patient. Watch this. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 6 and 8 says, The king with the queen sitting behind, beside him asked, How long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, If it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to, be, to make beams for the gates of the temple forest, for the city walls, and for my house as well. Come on, how many of you know Nehemiah saying, uh, King, I'm going to leave and I want you to pay for everything I'm about to do. Watch this. And the king, what? Granted his request. Why? Because the gracious hand of God was on him. God-sized dreams, they start with passion. They're built with prayer. It's going to take some patience. But ultimately, here's number four. Get this. Here's this. God will position you to accomplish the dream. God will position you. To accomplish the dream. Nehemiah was in the palace. For the sole reason of being connected to a king. That had resources. A king that could grant him favor. Listen. When you wait on God. He will position you for success. And your dream will come to pass. And so I believe that. This church right here, the Bridge Smithfield, I believe that we have entered into this season for such a time as this. Man, this dream has been stirring in our hearts for some time now. We've got passion for our community. We've got passion for our schools. We have passion for our families. We have passion for our kids, our students. We have passion. And man, we've been praying. We've been praying a long time. God, what kind of an impact can we have on this community? What can we do in this place? And Lord knows we've been patient, y'all. Come on, 2020 is a crock pot. Amen? Every time you think of 2020, just think of a crock pot. 2020 has been a crock pot. We've been patient, but we believe that we are finally in a position to accomplish the dream that God has given to us. So what does division look like for 2021 here at the Bridge Smithfield? There's several things. Let me just kind of spitball them to you. First of all, turn to somebody and say, Build. One of the things that we want to start doing is start the process, put that slide up, of a building expansion. A building expansion. This will be the second expansion. This is phase two. You're sitting in phase one. Phase one was done about three to four years ago. This is phase two. If you can see that, I know it's kind of small, but if you can see that, we're actually going out the back side of this building and we're going all the way over. I think it's 90 to 100 foot. And all that space, now this isn't in concrete by no means at all. This will probably change through everything, but right now this is just kind of a visual for you to see where God is leading us to. All of that expansion is going to be full of kids and students' classrooms. Kids and student classrooms. Now, I was hoping you guys would get a lot more excited than that. I mean, I thought, I really thought you guys were going to be running laps and swinging the weave off your head on somebody else's. I really, I, I, thought, I thought that. I did. But that's the expansion. 
The kids area we got now, we're also going to make a hallway that's going to go from that expansion all the way down. It's going to come through the other side of this building. We're going to turn some more classrooms into our kids' space now. That's going to be more classrooms. Not only that, but when you come out into the foyer, there are two bathrooms right there. We're going to reposition them. They're going to be in another place to increase the area of our foyer. You say, well, pastor, what about this space right here? Well, right now we only have about 55% of the seats in this space. You got wide aisles and everything for COVID. We can sit over 200 seats in this area. We'll go to two services if we have to. And pre-COVID, we were really on the verge of going to two services. So this is the expansion. Here's what I know. We need more kids space and more student space. And all the parents in the house said... Amen. Now, here's what God put on my heart. And here's where we need the help of God. We want to do it all debt free. We want to do it all debt free. How are we going to do it? Ain't got a clue. What's it going to look like? Ain't got a clue. All I've got is a vision. And this is it. So when you come up in the parking lot right here... All of that's going to be concrete right beside this building. You can be concrete. You're going to walk on down. You'll enter into a kids area, students area where you can check everybody in. You'll be able to walk around throughout the building, come around. Again, all of this is kind of like jello right now. Throw it to the wall, see what sticks. So the, the layout may change. Please understand that. But I just wanted to, wanted to get your wheels turning. So we're going to start the process of this. It is a process. We've got to... We've got to get plans drawn up. We've got to talk with the town. We've got, there's a lot of things that, that, a lot of moving parts. For those of you that are in construction, you realize this. And then we've got to have the money. So there's a lot of moving parts. So that's, that's one of the, the big things for 2021 is to increase the area for our kids and our students. Because listen to me, man. When your kids come onto the premises here, I want them when they leave to grab you by your collar and say, we're coming back next week in Jesus' name. And all the parents said, amen. Yes. Here's another thing we're going to be building. We want to build into our schedule family nights. We've got a passion for our kids. We've got a passion for our students. We have a passion for the adults that are sitting in here. You. We got a passion for families. And so we're going to kick off some family nights starting up the first Sunday in February. These are going to be semester-based groups. The first Sunday in February is going to be Sunday nights from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Promise you. 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Have you out of here before 7 o'clock. Some of you guys like to talk a lot. You'll be here a little later. We're going to shut it down at 7 o'clock. Amen. 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, family nights. What is going to be going on in family nights? For the adults that's going to be in this room right here, we're going to start up something called a growth track. There's a growth track. In that growth track, there's actually three different areas of that. There's track one, track two, and track three. Right now, we're going through track one. So we're starting off in February. This thing's going to go for nine weeks. Which means that the ninth week, that's going to be right after Easter. That's the first semester. During that semester for adults, we're going to have a growth track. What are we going to be talking about? Pastor, I'm going to say this. Uh, I'll just speak it into existence. Pastor Jason Bordeaux is in the house today. He's actually going to be helping me out teach this class. There's three tracks. 
We're going to be talking about my new life in Christ. I'm saved now what? What does this thing look like? I'm trying to figure it all out. That's going to be the first semester. Second semester, we're going to talk about fully devoted to becoming fully mature. How do I become a mature Christian? The third track, we're going to be talking about getting to know the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of confusion in that. We want to help you with that. We want to talk about that. So, if you're interested in being part of the growth track, here's what I need you to do. Listen to me carefully. I need you to go to the Bridge app or the Bridge website. I want you to click on Groups. When you click on Groups, you're going to see Smithfield Growth Track right here. I want you to go ahead and register for that. Register yourself up. If you got a problem with that, see us at the end of service. We can help you with that. We're going to start that up. You say, well, Pastor, that's great, but what are you doing for the kids? What are you doing for the students? I am so glad you asked that because here's the fun part. Notice I said I'm going to have somebody helping me teach because I want to be with the kids. We're going to offer workshops for our kids and our students. What does that look like? For the month of February, we've got the beekeepers coming in. Come on, anybody excited about bees? How many of you like honey? Come on. You need to be excited about some bees. Amen. We got the beekeepers coming in. They're going to have all of our students. They're going to have all of our kids. We're going to separate them. And they're going to talk about the significance of bees. They're going to talk about the hive. They're going to show them how to extract the honey. They're going to be able to taste honey. And it's going to be honey on earth. Amen. It's going to be amazing. That's happening in February. What's happening in March? For the whole month of March, we've got the Smithfield Smithfield Fire Department that's coming in. They're going to do fire safety training. If you're a student in the house, they're going to talk to you and demonstrate to you. You'll actually be able to do it on how to do a fire extinguisher. Come on, somebody. These are growth groups. Come on. We want them to grow. We're going to throw Jesus in there and talk about how he extinguishes the flames of hell. Amen. So whatever. We're going to talk about all of that. So you're going to get all of that. But these are designed to help your students, to help your kids to come out here, have an amazing time. And then you know what we're going to do on that ninth week? We're going to all get together, weather permitting, and we're going outside for a movie night. And seeing how all the kids know how to do fire, we're going to build a fire and roast some s'mores. So that's first semester. Second semester, we've got a lot of things coming too. We've got woodworking coming up. We've got art stuff. We've got baking. We've got gardening. We've got all of this stuff that we're going to be doing in our family nights. And it starts off the first Sunday in February. How do I register my kid for family night? Put that slide back up for me, Miss Gina, the family night slide. How do I start? How do I register my kids for family nights? Go to the Bridge app. Go to the Bridge website. All you have to do is click on events. You're going to see that right there. Scroll down till you see that. Click on that and register your kids and your students for family nights. Give me one hour, guys. One hour starting in February on Sunday night. One hour for eight weeks, nine weeks we're going to celebrate. And I guarantee you it'll change your life. One hour. Why? Because we want to build into our families. And everybody in the house said what? Amen. Amen. Another thing we're doing with our kids this year is we've already set in motion a kids fishing tournament. Am I the only one? Just me? 
We've already set in motion. We already have a 12-acre pond. We've already got a place. We're going to have a big cookout. We're going to let the kids fish. We're going to have an amazing time. Yes. It's happening. That's coming up in April. Warm up a little bit. So after that big family night, and you get the movie night and the s'mores, the very next two weeks, you're going to come in and you're going to say, man, we got a fishing tournament going on with all of our kids. So that's happening. We're going to be doing community outreach like never before. We're going to be feeding our students and our staff, excuse me, our, our staff over here at Triple S High School. We're feeding them. We're loving on them. We're taking care of them. We're going to be out in our community in different ways. We're going to have a blood mobile out there. We're going to also have free health screenings taking place throughout our community. All of this stuff is happening 2021. And for sake of time, I need to hurry this up. There's a whole lot more stuff that's going to happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a lot more building. It's a lot more building. So again, what does 2021 look like for us? We're going to start the process of the building expansion. We're going to build into our families, into the adults, into the students, into the kids. We're going to have different environments like a fishing tournament going on. We're also going to be looking at having our second annual wild game meal. I don't know what else I got to say. (laughs) Here's where it happens. Here's what I'm calling all of you to do. This thing is too big for us. I don't know what the family night's going to look like. I know COVID is still in place. I, I know that. And we're going to do everything we can to social distance our kids, our students. We're going to do temperature checks with all of the kids and students that enter into this building. We're going to do everything we can to social distance and, and do all of that. We are. We're taking precautions. But here's what I know, guys. Here's what's in my heart. There's a school on every corner of where we are. And there are kids that are going hungry. And there are kids that are being abused. And there are kids that are being told you're nothing and you'll never amount to anything. And I don't know about you, but this pastor is sick and tired of it. And so I'm like, God, what can we do to build something into the programs we have to say, we want you to come in. And we want you to know that you're valuable and you're appreciated and you're accepted. No matter who you are, no matter race, no matter gender, no matter background, you come into this place. And we're going to love you and we're going to tell you about Jesus. And we're going to let you know how to work on some bees and extract some honey. And we're going to let you know about fire safety and all of that, all of that stuff. We want to do that for your family because we love you guys. And we're willing to sink an enormous amount of money into a second expansion to make room for your kids and your students. To make room for them. To say, God, we're going to build it. And we're trusting you. This thing's too big for us to do on our own, guys. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Starting tomorrow, I want to call a seven-day fast. Some of you don't get nervous about that. I'm going to leave it up to you how you do that. 
some of you may want to consult with a physician or something. That's, that's entirely up to you. You know what you can go without and what you can't. Now listen, don't sit there and talk about, I'm going to fast from 9 o'clock at night to 7 o'clock in the morning. Okay, you're not fasting. You're sleeping, amen. But I'm calling for a seven-day fast. And here's what I'm willing to do. Starting tonight at 7 o'clock. Starting tonight at 7 o'clock. Starting tonight at 7 o'clock. And each night during the fast, I'm going to go on Facebook Live and we're going to talk about the fast. I'm going to give you just some practical information, some practical instructions about fasting. What does it mean? What do we do? What can I fast from? All of that stuff. We're going to talk about all of that. But during this seven days, ever how you feel God leading you, that's Monday through next Sunday. It's just seven days. Seven is the number of completion. Seven days. We're going to be praying. and We're going to be fasting about all of this that you've just seen. And all of these things you've just heard about. Why? Because we cannot do this on our own. We need the help of God. We need Him in our hearts. We need Him in our lives. We need supernatural help from an almighty God. So stand with me all over the house. Turn to somebody and say, build. Can you get excited about that? Building into our families. Building into adults. Doesn't matter if you're single or married or... You might even be in the triple S group, man. You're single, saved, and searching. Amen. Whichever. Doesn't matter. You can come into this place. We're going to do some growth track stuff. We're going to have our kids going on. And here's, here's, here's what I need. Let me tell you what I need from you. Not only am I asking you to pray and fast. I need some men and women to step up during these family nights. Again, we've got people coming in willing to dedicate their time and their resources to... to, to pour into the next generation, but I'm going to need some volunteers. You know, uh, Miss Sarah, she handles all of our kids, and, and, and Daniel and Sarah Copley are going to be handling our students, but they can't do it on their own. So we're going to need for some of you guys that are willing to step up. I may be tapping on some of you guys when it comes to the woodworking portion and say, hey, can you help us out with that? Can you help us out with some students? Can you help us out with some kids? And man, dude, I remember when I was growing up, my dad took me to the side and my granddaddy and taught me how to build a rabbit box. I know that's old school. But these are just, just life skills, if you will, that we want to pour into these young men and young women. And so as a result, we need some men and women to step up and to help us out with these things. Come on, how many of you are excited about 2021? And what God's going to do? So Father, we thank you. We've come at this point in our service and we've laid out the plan. And I pray that with all of this that we've talked about, God, my prayer is that each and every individual in this house would have a dream of their own. What does it look like for them and their families and their children? What does it look like on their jobs? What does it look like in the community and in the neighborhoods that they are? God, you've given us a burden for it. Lord, let us grab a hold of the burden and the passion. Let us bathe that thing in prayer. God, let us be willing to have some patience on this. And God, when we do these things, you'll set us up to accomplish the dream. 
We're destined for impact. Lord, not, not one person in this place or listening by podcast, none of us, God, are just meant to just float through life. We're destined for impact. We're destined to change the hearts and lives of the people that we come in contact with. God, help us to do a good job with that. And use us for your glory. Use us for your honor. In Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house. Now you guys.